0: And here we are once again, the start of another month, the end of another month of March 2022. This is a recap time. Now, before I get into the additional commentary on the books that were reviewed on this channel, I do want to highlight one thing and that this is a value for value podcast. So I do this podcast with the expectation that I'm providing value for you, the listener, also viewer at home, because we put I put this, we put this both on the YouTube as a video format and then also on the podcasting platforms as an audio only one as well and uh, I put in a lot of time a lot of effort into these things and this podcast cannot continue without this this video series also cannot continue without your help so uh, there are many ways to do this time talent or treasure you could take the time to share this with another friend spread the word out it does help having uh, more viewers listening and and having nice things being said about it as well Uh, Talent, you could uh, do a little piece of of, uh, Excel work for me or you could look at this and say, "Mm, your videography is not so great. If you put the light here, uh, this would produce a better effect, things like that. And then, of course, Treasure, this is helping to fund, I suppose, the, the podcast. So, for whatever value you got from listening to the probably 15, 20 minutes that this episode will last, how much do you value that? Is it worth uh, a dollar is it worth ten dollars is it worth a hundred dollars? you know whatever you choose to to send value is um, is is whatever you decide and and i suppose i i 'm just emphasizing this right now because the the core aspect of value for value is is being able to continue doing this long term so I don't have to resort to something I really, really, well, I won't resort to, which is advertising. I, I I respect my time and I respect your time too much to force something in front of your face that I don't believe in. And so if it ever gets to the point where uh, I have to make the decision of either to continue the podcast or put advertising in, I'm going to discontinue the podcast. So just letting you know that um, straight up at the front, uh, we this is all done through the help of of Podcasting 2.0, this is now a podcasting 2.0 certified um, show because I have the shirt <laughs> to match with it as well. And um, so if you do want to to help support financially the show, you can go to newpodcastapps.com, choose one of the ones with value. And I also do chapter art, images, all of these sorts of things. Um, I don't really highlight this enough on here. And so um, because when we're doing the book reviews, I really want that to be a sort of standalone piece that you can get go in, get the most value out of and there's not too much fluffing around with these recap ones and uh, me adding additional... explanations thoughts and things like that it's it's more open to interpretation it's more it's more uh, the the, better suited format I should say for that so just letting you know that um, and I also do put chapter art and images as you'll be seeing seeing and on on your screens both when you're watching the video and also in a decent podcast app which has the chapter images one I would recommend is fountain I've um, found that quite useful and it has nice big uh, chapter images so you can see everything that is going on I think that'll be a good place to, to end that little section and then we'll go on to now the book recap. So, the first one that really jumped out at me, my favorite of the month was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest or the one that flew over the cuckoo's nest, can't remember and this was a, a book that I'd heard a lot about before and um, funnily enough, I'd never heard the actual story of it I had no idea what to expect coming in I didn't know it was going to be about a mental hospital I didn't know it was going to uh, talk about the themes that it did all I knew was that I'd heard this was a good book and there was a couple of things that I mentioned in that book review but didn't get particularly onto because I felt it would probably take too long to be honest and so I decided to save them from for here and so a couple of notes I was I was asking was does the combine matter if its presence is not noticed by your consciousness? I.e., there was this force that appeared that uh, Chief Bromden uh, noticed, which was it's sort of like a crushing, overwhelming societal stigma is sort of how I like to put it a power that wanted to meld and mold everyone into a sort of sort of defined format It wanted to eliminate the the chaos that was in the world and and make it more ordered and neat which is you know not necessarily a bad thing on its own but when applied to individuals I, th- I think that's where the 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 book was was really trying to get at. It's um, this was written, of course, in a very special time in history when the the U.S. government was be- being very um, restrictive on its citizens. I would say, and and trying to to meld and force people to you know don't take drugs. You need to be patriotic, join the war effort. You need to uh, work hard for your country, get a nine to five. You know, we're all in this together, sort of thing, and. to do this it would be trying to meld people into like the perfect worker you know you fit into this box and you do this thing you do fit into this box and you do this thing and so uh, a lot of people seem to be getting left behind and one of the questions with all of that I guess was does it matter if you don't notice it so in essence the question I'm asking is it okay to be a sheep in life is it okay to To just be blissfully unaware, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss—that sort of mentality. And I I think you could make an argument for that, and I think you could almost make an argument for noticing the combine and, but but almost deceiving yourself into to thinking that it doesn't exist. And I say this because you know, what what's a good life? What is it to to live a good life? Um, And there are some things in life which you just can't change. Like no matter what you want to do, you're, you're not going to be able to change uh, the height that you were born at unless you do something silly like breaking your shins and uh, planting a little knob in the middle of your broken shins and then the bones healing over that. You know, you could do that, but that's really dumb. <laughs> and so I think there's some things in life which which you just can't change and I would almost argue that there is this thing that happens when humans get together in groups and whatnot and there is a force that is generated from this it's not necessarily malevolent it's not necessarily dictated by a person at the the top saying we should force everyone to behave like this and you know if you take drugs you you you'll get wild thoughts that are outside the normal thing and you might behave differently um and so i was sort of thinking like you know Chief Bromden was a really smart guy. From what you could tell in the book, he was very ob- um, observant. He uh, sort of did the smart thing, which was keep his mouth shut and you know behave like a um, like a dumb, deaf, mute, um, even though he had this rich inner world going on. And this allowed him to survive in in this place longer than anyone else um, because he was the one of the longest people who was staying in there. And so I was just thinking, yeah, like what if he had taken the option of of fooling himself into into not thinking that this this thing existed, or or you know, fighting back in a different way, fighting back in the sense of uh, almost like he did, I guess, in a sense, which was behaving one way to to get on in the world, but having still having this rich inner life. I don't know. It was it was just making me think that just because something is there. Um, you know, there there could be a ca- good case for saying, like, if it's not noticed by your consciousness, is it really there? Is it, does it even really matter? Sort of getting to the question of, you know, if every human died, would the universe still exist? Um, you would still say probably yes. Like, oh, the Earth is still there. It's still, you know, it's not like the sun's going to go away just because I, I go away. But there is something about the obs- observation is also important to the to the thing itself, I don't know. Kind of rambling a bit, to be honest. But um, that that was one thing. Another was, uh, what is it uh, like? What is this force? And you know, what is Nurse Ratched's purpose, for example? So, if we're looking at at her in specific, you know, what? Why was she so? Um, why was she the personification of this of the the combine of this force? trying to meld people into an, um, a, a narrow box where every movement could be controlled and I didn't get the feeling that she loved the the power of like it, it wasn't like she was getting good feelings from being able to dictate dictate arbitrarily what you know the inmates or what the mental patients could do or couldn't do i I didn't i didn't feel like it was the normal association which you would maybe get from a dictator which is you know the love of power or this this overwhelming joy or or like good feelings somehow being mixed in because it seemed like she was pretty bland throughout it seemed like she didn't really have good feelings per se um and and i would say like there there really was no purpose it it, it simply is so it's not like the the forces is, is is doing it for an ulterior reason it's just doing it because it is and you know it's sort of like asking what is gravity's purpose what what is the purpose of gravity what what uh is what are its intentions and it's like that's a dumb question because there is no no real purpose. That's just something that thing, it's a thing that happens. It's a law of the universe. And, and you don't need to go further than that because there is no intention behind it. I would also say the same thing about the combine. It's not like the combine is trying to achieve something for a for an, another purpose. It's just doing something because it is. Um, so even though it can be made up of individual humans um, and Nurse Ratchet would be one of these, uh, it's sort of like a collective thing that behaves on its own. So that's just one of the things I, I took from the book and, and found uh, intriguing. And that's why I gave it a seven and a half out of 10 and, and, and quite enjoyed it. Um, you know, in addition to the the other sort of themes that were being carried on with regards to, uh, let me bring up my little book here, with regards to the institutions, the the squashing of people, the, you know, the characters themselves, I I, I really did quite enjoy that book. The next one was Dubliners, which I gave a four out of ten. So this was James Joyce. Oh, and the previous book was by Ken Kesse. Uh, and i got to say there wasn't much that really jumped out at me from this book, a collection of short stories all related to Dublin. Um, it sounded like a city and he wrote it with the purpose of um, showing that every city can somewhat be alike, that it was a universal human um, I suppose, experience, which is fine, a, a cool observation. But the problem with it is the normal everyday human life is kind of boring. He <laughs> was just talking about like going to a party or, um, you know, a, a guy who's unsatisfied with his job and feels neglected and a lady who, you know, um, a guy who had an experience with a lady, he was caught a, kind of like shy and withdrawn Um, She made a too overt a a physical gesture to him, or something like that, and and he got scared off. You know, it's it's all like these random little interactions that are part of day to day life. Uh, There was nothing I really took out of this as being like, wow, that's amazing. Probably the only word, uh, the only thing was I I learned a new word, which is uh, saturnine. Saturnine, I believe that's how you say it, which is a a word for gloomy. So. You go that was um the, probably the only thing I really took out of this book and i'm I'm not going to really remember it in the future. I still do want to try out ulysses though by james joyce that's that's the the main book I've heard is his sort of masterpiece i've I've read this one now i've read uh, the portrait of an artist as a young man um, and I think i'll neither of those really stood out at me so I'll, I'll give it one more shot with with uh, ulysses and if that doesn't jump um if that isn't interesting, I'll. I'll. I'll uh, I'm not sure I'll play much, read much more James Joyce in the future. The other one that I read was La Casa Verde, which is The Greenhouse by Mario Vargas Llosa. So this is one of the Spanish books I collected a fair while ago, and um, I gave it a good shot. I tried my best. Uh, I, I shouldn't say that actually. I didn't try my best. I the the. The way I read it was kind of silly and over an extended period in Spanish for an experimental novel was not the way to, to go um, to try and experience it. That being said, I have a feeling if even if I read it in the English version, I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it because uh, I, I did give it enough time for it to do something for me to really jump out at me um, and, it, and it just purely didn't. Uh, there was particularly these, uh, the, the Latin American boom period, which was when this was written, was a, a period where a, a lot of south american artists were experimenting with new forms of writing so um, a couple of other books i've i've covered with relation to this period were by um uh, geez, uh carlos carlos fuentes um i think i covered one of his books um uh, luis jorge luis borges the famous famous colombian gabo um Uh, Gabriel Garcia Marquez Uh, so these are books like Cien Anos de Soledad things like that and there was these sections where he would just fill the page there would be no paragraphs no line spacings no nothing you couldn't tell who was writing it was it a narration was it a um, like an internal monologue was it a a description of the scenery of what was happening it was just really hard to understand um, so yeah, not not my favorite book <laughs> I would I would say So I, I ended up giving that a 2.5 out of 10 um, I can't particularly recommend it to be honest The last one was Steve Jobs Which uh, was written by Walter Isaacson Juan covered this book So I didn't read it myself But I did listen to the, the book review And this is one of the few that I would say I'm really glad that Juan did a review of And uh, I was really appreciative of, of Having these, this review available because, as he mentioned and showed, it's a thick book, five hundred and something pages. And whilst I am intrigued about Steve Jobs just because of the impact he's had on this world, uh, I'm really glad I didn't have to read it <laughs> because uh, I'm not a fan of assholes. Uh, I'm really not a fan of assholes. And he, from from the the book review, it sounded like he was a real big asshole and. I there's just something in me which doesn't I, I I I it it makes me angry hearing about people who mistreat other people like that and even if they're doing it for an amazing purpose for creating this amazing product the iPhone and and whatnot and you know a huge one of the biggest companies ever in in Apple. I still was just like, nah, fuck that guy. Fuck that dude. I, I, I couldn't be asked. I couldn't be asked. So I'm really glad Juan did it. Um, read the review, uh, probably more interesting for him because he, he does product things himself. And just honestly, the, the whole Apple saga just doesn't, doesn't really capture my interest. So glad that Juan read it and glad it wasn't me. And he gave that a seven out of 10. I'm going to jump now onto the Boostergram Lounge. So I talked a little bit before about how you can help support the podcast. And we have a bit of support here through Peter, predominantly, Um, only Peter, actually. So there's a couple of messages that he sent through. The first one was uh, all of these were sent through Fountain. And the first one, 2200 Satoshis, thank you, Peter, was the the Irish are some of my favorite drunks, Uh, Dubliner's. Uh, that was talking about Dubliners by James Joyce. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think I have a favorite drunk per se. I wouldn't say that there is one species or of of race or country or gender or mix or anything that is my favorite drunk. Um, I th- I think I just enjoy individuals. So individuals probably, and even then, um, yeah, I, I I don't hang enough around really drunk people enough to. To be able to comment, um, so uh, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, the Irish are your favorite, and you know that was one of the things I took out of the book. You know, if you if you go to Dublin, like there's going to be a lot of drinking going on, so that uh, that that'll, that's something to to think about. A question. So this is uh, 1,222 sats, and he's, um, he he asked, do you pick books with a show review in mind, or would you read these particular books anyway if there was no podcast involved? I would say for the most part, I would read these books anyway. Uh, I'm not, for example, going through old book reviews and seeing which ones were the most popular and then reading more books like that. Um, I do know just offhand that the most popular ones have been the Gulag Archipelago, um, Ordinary Men, and then I suppose more classic ones um, would probably be up there um, in terms of the most popular ones that, that I've read, but I, I don't do that. Um, uh, and the only, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to to sometimes look at things and say, Oh yeah, this is the motivation. And if this wasn't here, I would exact act exactly the same. No, probably not true. But I would say for the most part um, I, the books I take are, are just ones that I've heard about uh, in casual conversations on podcasts or someone's recommended it to me Uh, you know a couple of these have been because um, an audience member has suggested it or said that they enjoy it things like this Uh, but the only time I've really picked books for the purpose of doing it for the podcast was when I was behind in my reading schedule and I needed a a thin book to get through so there was a couple of times when for example I read the the old man in the sea by Ernest Hemingway um, there was a book review the bell jar i 'd previously read that book and it was fairly short and so I just sort of skimmed it again to to re reassociate myself with the book and then did a review on that. So those have been the only times that i 've really done that um, but for the by and large for the most part and I, I just go all over the place and so I think you can sort of see that like it 's not like I, I have a particular theme that i 'm concentrating on or or anything like that the only difference i would maybe add to that is my reading schedule compared to last year is done as significantly lessened so back then i was doing two book reviews a week so that whole year i probably read close to 80 something maybe even 90 something this year i'll probably be closer to like 40 something so i'm reading about half half as much and that does that play a part on it no nah, not particularly um i would i would say my my motivations for doing these reviews are just because i like doing them i um and the books that i pick are, are for myself i guess um but i will also review ones if if there is an interest in hearing what my opinion on that book is so uh, for the most part no i would say 90% it's it's not Related to the this, maybe even ninety five percent. The last one is uh, of all things I've lost, I miss my mind the most, and that was a, a quote by Ozzy Osbourne um, uh, for the "One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest." Two thousand one hundred seventy eight sats. Uh, of all the things I've lost, I miss my mind the most. <laughs> it's a it's a nice quote. I'd probably have to think about that for a bit, um and particularly in the uh, the context of Ozzy Osbourne, who seems like a pretty wild character. Uh, but yes that that's a it's a good book to examine um the the craziness i guess in essence but the funny thing is i most of the people in the book seem really sane <laughs> it seemed like a really <laughs> a really sane book for a, for a, considering it was set in a in a mental hospital so the last thing, oh there was one other aspect I wanted to bring up which was a a comment and so this is sort of how you can also be helpful in terms of um time or 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 talent. And this was a comment left by M76Q5, who is um, a pretty regular uh, listener to this channel and also leaves some very nice comments on the um, on the YouTube. And I wanted to bring this one up because this is also, uh, I think, a good way of interacting with the show and, and and helping out almost. So they say, good review. And so this is talking about the Ken Kesse book, one, the one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Um it's one of my favorite books, along with 1984. This guy gets it. Yes, my favorite book as well. Uh, and I've read it three times. The other book by Kesse is nearly unreadable. Okay, good knowledge. I don't particularly need to do that then. <laughs> I think that many of the patients are not, are not that mentally off to emphasize the role of power and control um, obviously in society in general. Everyone gets the combine sooner or later. Oddly, I've known many people from Eastern Europe who think the novel is one of the greatest and most accurate books slash novels ever written. That is pretty fascinating info. I wonder if that's because, like I was talking about with the consciousness aspect, they might see it's more in their face because of the governments that they've had, the, the absurdity or the... The molding, the power is is like really in their face, and so with if you look at some of the the previous governments that they've had in the USSR and the sort of semi dictators slash dictators that they've had there, the um, you know all all the wartime stuff, all all of those sorts of rules and restrictions are maybe a bit more in their face, and so they have this understanding more of what the combine is rather than. Let's just say, in a, take me as an Australian, where my government, although annoying with regulations and things like that, it really isn't in my face, and it's not super day to day life. So that that's a that's an interesting little aspect right there. Um, as a bit of trivia, Kesey had trouble writing the book until he took mescaline. Then under the influence of that drug, the character of Chief Bromden came to him and he could write the book. It is very much a book of its time as well as a great novel. Thank you. Thank you for that comment, um, M7. That's uh, very helpful and there's a lot of useful little tidbits in there which uh, I wouldn't have known about unless he'd written it in. So if you're watching the YouTube right now, leave me a little comment and if you're listening to it via the audio, leave me a a boostergram. So that's a, a way you can get interact with the show and, and give me a little bit of content as well so thank you very much the last one is now what is coming up for April of 2022 well I've got a bunch of books here with me I had promised last time I believe that I would be doing reasons and persons by Derek Parfitt if you can see where my book tag is I'm only I'd say a quarter of the way through it uh, it's, it's pretty thick and it's not light reading and I've my reading schedule has been slightly lessened of late. So I haven't been going through books as quickly, but I will read it and I will review it because I, I do find a, a, an in, it an any, and it's sort of like a book that I wish that I had. I was, I was moaning about, oh man, I want a philosophy book that really gets deep into things and starts, you know, is really careful with its words and examines things as deep as I can. And this one is doing that. And now I have some thoughts on, okay, did I really want that, for example. Another one I've got is another book written in Spanish. This is Jorge Luis Borges, El Aprendizaje del Escritor, which is, I, I, I guess, like the, the learning, the apprenticeship of a, of a writer. Um, so that one is uh, sort of like his examination of his own works and, and how a writer should view things and why he wrote in certain ways. I've got Media, Medea, Medea, and other plays. I'm not really sure how you pronounce that, but um, that's by Euripides, Euripides. Um, and so that is a, a Greek classic uh, of, of work. And then Juan is also going to be doing Rogue State, I believe, by William Blum, William Blum, whose name he can never remember. So those are a couple of things that you can expect for this next month and maybe an additional one or, or, or a, a switch out for recents and persons because I'm not confident I will finish that one. And that is it, I believe, for, for this recap. Thank you, everyone, for joining me to this point. I'll emphasize just right again at the end here there's a value for value podcast and all the help and participation that you can do to, to make this podcast better. And if you have suggestions for how to make this podcast better, please just message in any of the available platforms. We leave links on every single um, episode that is put out. So all you would have to do is go to any single one of them, write something, get in contact with me and say, I'd prefer it if you did this or here's a suggestion or anything like that. You know, it, it really would help me out. It really would help me out. And so that is it for today for the March 2022 recap. Thank you for joining me to this point and I really do hope you have a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Karen, out.